Who is he that makes me happy? Who is he that gives me peace? Who is he that brings me comfort? And turns the bitter into sweet? Who is stirring up my passion? Who is rising up in me? Yeah. Who is filling up my hunger with everything I need? Creator God, peace, yeah. Great I am, Lord, I want
singers in here I have a I have a question for that you don't sing professionally there you go that's what I'm looking for do you know you have a voice and a song inside of you even those of you who sound awful it's okay I'm telling you those are some of the most powerful songs are those who cannot sing guaranteed guaranteed so this is what I want to do this is my goal when I travel around is to unlock the singer in everybody right and uh, so for the, for the next minute or two, I want you guys to sing like you're in the shower and nobody's watching. Just you, and just belting out, okay? So, because I'm telling you, there's something that unlocks here because I'm sick of the whole thing where it's like the worship team's up here, you guys are out there. We're just one, you know, we're flowing together. You're leading us, I'm leading you, whatever. We're following each other. We're just trying to find the presence of the Lord, right? So I'm going to let the music come up, and I just want you guys to just begin to sing. Sing to the Lord, just however. Just close your eyes if you need to, spread out so nobody hears you and you don't get embarrassed. But I just want you to just begin to sing your heart to the Lord. Sing your song, your thankfulness. How many of you guys are thankful to be breathing? How many of you guys are thankful that you live in such a beautiful place? You can, out, you can overlook the mountains like, golly, I wish I saw this every Sunday. So come on. Let's just begin to thank the Lord with our voice, and you're going to begin to feel something in the room change when you just begin just to sing, and there's this unified song. All right, so come on, music, come on up. We're going to make everybody comfortable. Just begin to sing your heart. What do you feel about the Lord? How do you feel about Him? Why are you thankful? Just begin to sing that out to Him. Oh, we love you.
keep singing. Just lift it up. Isn't how beautiful this sounds? go ahead and get ready. I want to introduce Martin Powell, so give him, give him a hand. We welcome him and share some from his heart. Good morning. So a little surprise for me to be talking today as I'm on, uh, I came to have a retreat. 
and uh, to have a little uh, quiet time with the Lord. But Lord, I pray that first of all that every word you'd like me to say would come through, Lord. And I pray you'd give us ears to hear, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I'll just give you a little idea of uh, my testimony. Um, I've had a very, very strange life. And uh, I, I achieved all my life's ambitions before I was 20 years old. And I studied as a classical musician. I was a soloist. I won all the competitions in Nottingham. I went down to London, went to the Royal Academy of Music, and I won every prize there that I was able to. And Lord just blessed everything I did. And Lord called me to, uh, to, to play the clarinet. It wasn't a choice. Uh, first of all, the, my mother, I said, can I play the French horn? She said, no, God has told me you're playing the clarinet. So I then went on to, we heard about Paris. Every two weeks I would fly to Paris and I would uh, have a lesson with a professor at the Paris Conservatoire. And then I went on to win international um, competitions. I traveled the world. I've played in Munich, Paris, Rome, uh, Salzburg. Have you seen the Sound of Music? I've played the Mozart clarinet concerto in the square there. I've played in the dome there. I've played in London, Birmingham, Manchester, everywhere around the world. And then the Lord appeared to me in a dream. And he said, Martin, this is your last chance. So I had my last chance at 20 years old in a dream. He said, you have to make a decision right now to work for me or to work for my enemy, Satan. Thank goodness I made the right choice. Or I wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about, about faith. And Lord, every time I, think, I thought about what I'm going to say this morning, I kept hearing about faith and explosions of faith that are going to come here. So I'll pray that a little bit later. But you see, the Lord gave me a gift of faith. And uh, I used to find I could pray for the most astonishing things and it would just happen. I've seen broken metal mend by just putting my hands on it and praying for it. I asked for a frozen chicken to defreeze once and saw it defreeze. Um, people going blind, I've, the Lord's healed them. And when I was just uh, finished my studies, the Lord said to me, Martin, I'm going to give you a music shop. I bought a three-story building in central London with no money. Zero. And when I say zero, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> an overdraft. So I, I had a bank who never met me lend me 95% of the money to buy this building. And of course, I couldn't pay him back any money because I didn't have any. So I asked for an overdraft business overdraft he said to me and bear in mind he doesn't know me he says how much do you want so I said 40,000 so that's how I started in business I bought a three-story building by they lent me the money to buy it and then they lent me the money to pay them back with and then we, we, we had a we started with a one-hour prayer meeting every day so that every soul coming in would get blessed by the Holy Spirit. A friend of mine started the business at the same time. He would say to me, Martin, we're, we're doing half a million a month. And I said to him, well, we're up to two souls a week. <laughs> June Ham, backing singer for George Michael, came in. She said, uh, I've come in to buy an M1 keyboard. I said, no, you haven't. You've come to give your life to Jesus. She burst into tears and gave her life to the Lord on the spot. 
So I would just see lots of miracles happening through faith. And the Lord taught me a lot about faith, a lot about money. Um, a lady said to me, Martin, could you pray for me to get a good violin? She said, I can only afford 40,000. And I can't buy a decent one below 60,000. So I said, okay. And I went to prayer and I said, Father, would you release a violin to Chrissy? Actually, I shouldn't say her name. So, but, and she, uh, and then I finished praying and I thought, I'm going to be more specific. So I said, Lord, would you release a Stradivarius to, to uh, my friend? And I thought again, and I, I knew he'd made a, he had a good year. So I went back to prayer and I said, Father, would you release to, to her a Stradivarius made in his best year? Then I finished praying and I thought, what if there's a bad one? I better pray again. Okay, Satan gets involved. So I went back and I said, Lord, could we have the best Stradivarius made in his best year for her? Two weeks later, she comes up to me, tears, crying. She'd been given a Stradivarius. It's made in his best year. I've actually played on it and I, I can't play the violin. <laughs> I just want to tell everybody I played a Stradivarius. <laughs> so this is the sort of thing the Lord's been using me with is in faith. In fact, the uh, Lord said to me one day, he said, Martin, uh, would you do me a favor? Uh, yes. <laughs> I said, what would you like me to do? And he said, I would like you to write a book. So I said, okay. And I said, what's it on? And he said, uh, prosperity. I said, uh, I didn't want to write on prosperity. But you know, I'd, I'd had prayers answered from one pound up to one and a half billion dollars so far. I'm actually praying for a building which is worth $10 billion at the moment. But the Lord had given me that faith and given me the money and showed me how to do things. So I said, okay, Lord. And I wrote this book. It's called Money Matters in My Kingdom. Uh, Rick Joyner was very kind. He said it's the best book he's ever read on finance. Um, but I think that's just because it was commissioned by the Lord. Um, but he taught me some things about faith. And I really want to look at faith today. Now, you see, the thing is, I, I think I was a pastor for 20 years in London. And I used to think, well, we're teaching faith incorrectly. There's something not right. And what it is, it's to do with the translation of the word, pistuo. And we've been teaching people to believe. And people would come and say, I've believed, I've believed, but it hasn't happened. And you've either got to, to come to the conclusion they're lying, or they didn't have faith, or that they, they were believing, and there's something wrong. And I, I realized it was the difference between counterfeit money and, counterf and real money. There's a difference. It looks the same, but there's no power. And that's the problem is we, we often talk about Greek being wonderful because you'll have seven words for one English word. But here we've got one Greek word for two English words, belief and faith. And belief is not faith. We've got to stop teaching people to believe for things. You can believe the world is flat. It will not make it so. And you can believe that you come from a monkey. It will not make it so. Belief is not faith. So this is what the Lord said to me. He said, Martin, did you know there's an animal that uses faith? I said, no, Lord. And he said, uh, guess. He had me guessing for about uh, half an hour. So in the end, I said, Lord, what is it? And he says, Martin, it's the bat. You see, the bat can't see very well. 
So it's substantiated invisible by what it hears. It's like a sonar, it sends a signal out and listens to the reply. And so it puts about three verses together. You know, first one, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. It's not belief, it's the evidence. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So everything I've seen happen in faith has always come by hearing hearing what God's saying about something and then praying it into being because it's him praying and not ourselves. So the Lord told me a lot about faith and uh, we have a chapter of that in the book. Um, the Lord sent me to, to America 2011. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, Martin, I want you to make money. I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? I want you to make money. Okay. This went on for about um, eight months, 12 months. And one day the penny dropped. Um, that's an English expression. It means you suddenly get revelation. Uh, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to make money. He said, Lord, I know you want me to make money. And then I realized he wanted me to manufacture money. You see, the word for money in the Bible means silver. It doesn't mean pieces of paper with a little bit of authority from a country. It's a material. And so he, he, he got me to, to manufacture the talents, the silver talents and the gold talents. They've been going all the way around the world. And I had an interesting meeting, uh, I think Thursday. I came in for a retreat. As I pull up in my car, somebody pulls up behind me, Stephen Burke. And he just told me, I've just been translated. I thought, that's rather interesting. It's not happens every day. He's got quite excited about it. I think he had three um, interstates to go on. He, he came off the first one. As he came off the first one, he was on the third one. Now, what that did, it meant that we, we coincided at exactly the same time. Uh, and so we had a meeting for about two hours because he's, with his work with the Underground Railway, um, they, they're going to need gold and silver because money, they're going to be shredding $100 notes at that time. We need our money secure. So just to confirm things, I was up after two hours speaking to him, I was up in my room and somebody came in and she said, did you get my email? It's a lady from uh, Myrtle Beach, Ellen. And he said, no. And she said, I sent you an email. And so he looks it up and it was all about kingdom talents and my ministry. And he says, he's upstairs. She bought a lot of silver from me, invited me to go to Myrtle Beach to speak, and also another lady asked me to go to um, another place. And, but I'm supposed to be having a rest. Uh, but all is well. So this is one of the things that we sell, and in fact, we, ha we have one of our affiliates here, Bob Fletcher. Would you like to stand? If you want gold and silver for these end times, he's there and he, he can help you. So I asked, Lord, what do you want to say to the church today? And he gave me one verse. And that is from Isaiah, you know. So Isaiah 40, verse 31. And every time the Lord, I was prayed about it, I got an explosion of faith, explosion of faith. The Lord wanted me to teach you about faith because he wants to do an explosion of faith in this church. Praise you, Lord. And we read this a lot, and it says, uh, but those who wait on the Lord. See, we've got to hear from the Lord. If we don't hear from the Lord, how can we be a servant? And if we don't want to be a servant, how can we actually achieve anything? This is what it says in Luke when they asked, said, can you increase our faith? Jesus, paraphrasing, Jesus said, it's really easy. You just need to be a servant. 
You need to serve. So, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, I love studying. Um, when I used to practice the clarinet, I used to practice six to 12 hours a day. And I put that into the Bible. The Lord asked me to lay the clarinet down, one of the hardest things I ever did. But I started loving the Bible instead. And so I'd read the Bible continuously. I read the King James in seven days, the New American Standard in 10 days, the Amplified in 14 days, the NRV, the NIV, the New Revised Standard, Webster's, Darby's. I read just about every English translation very quickly. I love the Word of God, and I love looking up in Greek and Hebrew. So here it says, Lord shall renew their strength. We see that word renew says is kalaf. And you know, renew doesn't really, does it, does it justice at all? Really, the literal meaning from Strong's is to pass on, to pass through. You know, really what we should be saying, but those who wait on the Lord shall go beyond their own strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. Normal people don't rise up on wings like eagles. We've got to go beyond our strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we're looking for this power to come that's from his wings, from his presence, from him talking to us. And the Lord showed to me that there was people here that were getting a little bit stuck and need to be pulled out. And I believe it's going to be through waiting on the Lord. We often miss out the second verse. I don't know why they put it into uh, the next chapter. It, seems, it says, keep silence before me. This is the answer how to wait. Keep silence in the islands and let the people renew their strength. Remember, pass on. Let them come near and let them speak. Let us come near together. Amen. And Lord, I just want to pray for anybody here who wants to have an, a breakout in faith. Just stand up and I'm going to pray for you. Well, we've got quite a few, Lord. And Lord. Father, I just thank you. And I've been shaking all last few days on this. Lord, I pray by the mighty name of Jesus that you're going to release faith on the people here. Faith that will move mountains, Lord, that will really do something for your kingdom, Lord. I pray for every soul here who wants to get out of their situation, Lord, in their rut. Lord, I pray for them to listen and to hear your words. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Well, this is an amazing time, isn't it? And uh, so we want to grab hold of something. I, I heard last week was awesome. And uh, that people receive healing. And, and uh, so I want to bounce off of that because I believe that something shifted. And I'm going to talk about that. But uh, this week was incredible. I met uh, via text and then on the phone. I talked to him, this guy named Roberts Lairdon. And he's, we've got some of his books and uh, God's Generals. And anyway, through conversing with him, and he sent me some videos of some of the generals of the faith, you know, that uh, great revivalists and the great awakenings, and you know, that struck my heart because I see this property. You guys are going to have to come. 
And, uh, but I'm telling you, there's going to be crowds over there on that platform and a crowd at the uh, getting healing over at the Welcome Center and a crowd over in this place. And then this place is going to be blown away. But I, I don't know. I'm just seeing this stuff. You've got to see it before you walk in it. You have to have vision. Without vision, you cast off restraint or you perish. But anyway, through talking to Roberts and uh, getting to know him a little bit, I felt really impressed I've never done this. I didn't come from a tradition that had camp meetings. But we're going to have a camp meeting the last weekend of June. All right? The 23rd, 4th, and 5th or something like that. And Roberts is going to come and preach that. And uh, I don't even know how to do a camp. What do you do? You camp out? No, you have campfires? No, I know a little bit. We did go to Rodney Howard Brown's camp meeting. It was a blowout. You're in church all day. and uh, But we won't do it like that, I don't think. Maybe. We might. But uh, it's just a time to break out. Now, this was amazing. You know the guy that is coming in August to do? I saw in Charisma magazine, he's having a conference in Chennai, India. And guess, guess what? Guess what the name of it is? It's a martyr's conference. A martyr's. I thought, now, how many in America would sign up for that conference? How many would go? I don't know how many would, but... That's one of the reasons I wanted him to come, because he brings the fear of the Lord. And, um, you know, it's something that's holy. People talk about him. That also tells me he must be, something must be really good. And it's the fear of God. It's holiness. But a conference on martyrs? Are you kidding me? How many of you ever felt like you might be a martyr one day? Anybody? You know, that, there are people that, well, you should go to that conference. No. Maybe he'll speak on that. Give an invitation for martyrdom. We should do that. No, I won't do that this morning. But it's a novel thought. You know, look with me. We're going to go some, a couple places, but more than a couple. But look beginning in Luke chapter 19. I want to show you something. And then I want to, we want to pray for the sick today. We want to pray for miracles I got a call or a text from, you know, the young man that, that has problems breathing, you know, and he walks around really slow. He is in uh, the National Institute for Health in Bethesda, Maryland. He has a mold in his lungs, and he has to have healing. He has to. So let's just pray. Father, we pray. His name is Thomas. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we lift Thomas up to you in Bethesda and Lord we ask you right now for a miracle we break that mold in his lungs we command it to go get out of Thomas in the name of Jesus and we pray for the power of heaven to invade his body and we pray Lord we send the word of healing and we thank you Lord that you're faithful you are the God that heals Thomas in Jesus name Amen well, in Luke chapter 19, uh, beginning with verse 41, you know, there are two great tragedies that I believe that exist today. And I was thinking about this over the last few days. But look in verse 41. Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem. And as he drew near, he wept over the city. He said, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, say, this is my day. Now, we know that. We believe that. If you had known, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes, 
For days will come upon you when your enemies will build on or build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And when I read that, it's just been in my spirit. There are two great tragedies for mankind. Number one is if you live your life and you never come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you live your life throughout, you know, on the earth and you never come to know Jesus and you have to go into eternity lost into an eternal hell without God. I mean, that's, a, that's the greatest tragedy. But also another tragedy for the church is if we miss our hour of visitation. Now, visitation speaks of inspection, oversight, or visitation is a good definition, whether for mercy or judgment. Now, this is America's day of visitation. How many of you know that? We have an extension of time, a little time. The church in America has been granted a little time. And this is our day, but we've got to grab hold of it. We're not going to miss our day of visitation. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm going to declare that over you prophetically. We don't want to miss it. We cannot miss this hour that has been given to us that we're on the earth. Whatever your age, you've been created for moments like this. You are an Esther, and you've got a purpose. So I'm going to declare that over you. Lord, I declare over these people, over this place, over our nation, over these musicians, over these young people, those watching, we will not miss our day of visitation. Lord, we ask for grace to grab hold of the moment that you've given us in this life and that we would be everything you've called us to be and then way beyond because, Lord, it's not about us. It's about you. And so we thank you, Lord. God, come, fulfill your purpose in us and through us and on these grounds. Lord, that camp meeting, Lord, right the last weekend of June, Lord, blow through here like a mighty rushing wind. Lord, stir up the faith that once existed in our nation when there were great moves of God. People went to church and they stayed all day. And there were healings. There were times when everyone in the building was healed. And there were massive salvations. Lord, we thank you. We ask you. We believe you to do it again in Jesus' name. Now, the title of this is When the Kingdom Comes in Power. And uh, regardless of what happens in America, I know there's a lot of stuff right now. You got North Korea. You know, they're talking about nuclear war. How many of you have been listening? You know that. Now, you know, no, most people are not even, they don't even give it a second thought. We've become cold. We be, we've gone to sleep. But we're like this close to nuclear war. And then Syria, the conflict in Syria. And, of course, Russia and China. A lot of things going on. But, you know, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken during the time of the great shaking. We forget about that. We're not going to know what it means to be unshakable until things around us start shaking. You want to know if you have the real thing, it's when all hell's breaking loose around you. That's when you'll know if you have faith or whether you just believed. Like believing the earth is flat. What a great testimony. And uh, we're going to get a chance. You know, God has tested everything he's created. He's going to test our faith. 
Do you really have faith? Examine, what does that scripture say? Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Well, the Lord is coming. One of those words or meanings of visitation is inspection. You know what he did right after that? Now, we won't read that, but right after that, he came and, you know, he, he drained the, the church swamp. He, you know, he shook up, remembered the money changers. I don't know if the American government's going to get drained, but I do know the church is going to get drained. And uh, he's going to have a people that are holy and that truly reflect him. Religion is on its last leg. Is this making sense? You're looking at me funny, Shirley. Is something wrong? I'm just chicken. I'm just, you know, I didn't mean to jump on you. I never jump on Shirley. It's fun. We just have fun. We re, we're, we're enjoying life together. I thought after the kids left home, you know, no more baseball, no more ballet. I thought this is going to be boring. You know, this is, you know I, don't, I don't want to get to go to the baseball game. It was not been boring. This is better than baseball, I'm just telling you. Okay, move on. I'm just telling them. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell them. All right, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And uh, stay with me. Stay focused. Boy, it's good to see Ellie. Ellie's in rehab. God bless you, Ellie. And uh, she's a, an amazing woman, amazing saint of God. And we have some people around that are just incredible saints. The Lord tarries. Many of you, your names will be written in books. I'm telling you it's true. If the Lord tarries... And if we have time, but there will be saints during this day that will be talked about, read about, just like we're reading about those saints of old that um, men like Roberts Lairdon tells us about. But look in this, verse 1, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. How many demons? All demons. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, Margaret Farrell told me I should watch Paul Keith's blog or video on a Bob Jones story. Did any of you see that? It's been, it's kind of made its rounds. It's been on the Elijah list. So I did, Margaret. You're one of our mothers in the faith. And so you said, watch something. I watched it. And it was an amazing testimony. And I've, I know it's about Moravian Falls. In many places, but Paul Keith Davis was given a word. Actually, Bob Jones called him. Now, this was back in the mid-90s. And Bob Jones asked Paul Keith, back in those days, we knew him as Keith because he would come to the Mobile School of the Spirit that we did out in Alabama as Keith. Then he changed his name. I still have problems, you know, calling him Paul Keith. But anyway, Bob asked him, said, Paul Keith, does January the 16th mean anything to you? And now studying history and revivals, he said, yeah, that's the day that William Brannan stood up in 1950, or, I'm sorry, 96, somewhere in that range, 96, and said, America's opportunity is past. Huh? 56. Yeah, 56. Could it happen in 96, 40 years later? Yes, thank you, Shirley, for setting me straight. And she always does that. She sets me on the narrow. She keeps me honest. She doesn't let me stretch anything. I can't even stretch anything. And it's good. I don't want to. 
So thank God for that. But he stood up in a meeting in Chicago. And he, and he, he said that America missed their opportunity. They had become... The churches had become so captivated by the phenomena of God that they, they lost sight of God who creates the phenomena. You know what I mean? The works of God versus the God who works all things. They worship the works, the, uh, the manifestations. And uh, he said, well, you've missed your opportunity. And that was, that was in 1956. Now, so anyway, Rick, I'm going to try to get this story correct. Rick calls a meeting for January the 16th, 1996, and they come together. So Paul Keith goes to pick up Bob Jones, and the whole way coming up to Moravian Falls, and this place wasn't on the map then, but he's, you know, it's where the meeting happened. They had the lodge. Bob kept saying, we, there's going to be two men come to the meeting, and we can't start until they get here. And so Paul Keith says, well, who are these two men? I don't know. We just can't start the meeting. So they get here, and they start get ready to start the meeting. And Bob said, no, we can't, can't start until two men come. And Rick said, well, who are they? Where are they coming from? What time will they arrive? It's time to start. So anyway, Bob says, I don't know. All I know is two men are coming. And uh, so they, anyway, they, I guess they just make some time in the morning session. They just, you know, whatever fluff stuff, you know what I mean, whatever I don't know that it was that deep, and then they had lunch, and then Rick said to Paul, Keith, he said, now tell us again why we are here. What's the significance of January the 16th? And so Paul Keith begins to share how William Brandon stood up that day in the meeting in Chicago and said, you missed your opportunity, your day of visitation. At that moment, the doors opened to the lodge, two men walked in, and they sat down. And... Um, one of them was Erskine Holt. Now, I don't know him, but some of you may know who he is. But another man was with him. And again, Moravian Falls was not on the map. And just on a whim, they decided to come through Moravian Falls. And somehow they were led to the lodge. And so Rick says, well, keep telling us the story, Paul Keith. So he's talking about this meeting. The man that was with Erskine Holt raises his hand and says, I was at that meeting. Now, this man was a disciple, a youth pastor under John G. Lake. And he was at that meeting where William Brannan, and he, he said, yeah, that exactly happened. William Brannan stood up in Chicago and said, we missed our opportunity. And uh, so they thought, well, this is a really prophetic meeting. There's something very significant about, about that. And, and then they went ahead and, and had it. But Paul Keith thought, you know, for this man to come, and he got to know him a little better, that now, in 1996, we're going to start seeing what those guys saw on a massive scale. But it didn't happen. Now, there have been some revivals, some moves of God. Pensacola. We were touched by Pensacola. We had a revival in Mississippi that made the newspapers, made the television station. And uh, it was really awesome. In the newspaper in our home, in that town, it said, God has come to Columbia. It was amazing. And so there have been some little moves of God. But that man said that when William Brandon stood up, he felt a shift, like something happened. And you know what I think? 21 years later, from 1996, it shifted back. It's time. Now, I'm not William Brandon. Don't want to be. I don't want to be anybody but me. But I want to prophetically declare over the church in America that your opportunity, that your day of visitation to walk in the power of God in the miraculous, 
supernatural signs and wonders has come. Now I know that's risky. That's awful risky. Hey, we're into the risk, aren't we? You talk about faith. You know how you spell faith? R-I-S-K. That's how you spell it. You know that, Martin? You know it now. We can teach you guys from the UK a few things. Not a lot, but maybe something. But I'm telling you, it's begun. It's, go it's begun. We declare, we prophesy. Now we got to walk it out. But this is the question. Are we going to miss, mess it up by focusing on the phenomena more than the God of the phenomena? And I'm declaring we're not going to go there. You know, all these great signs and wonders, they're just signs and wonders that point to the one who did the sign and the wonder. So, Lord, give us grace that we can now walk in it and see it happen. Now, notice back in Luke chapter 9. And uh, he, then he called the 12 disciples together and he gave them. What did he give them? Two things. Power and authority. So he called them. He gave them something, power and authority, over all demons. Do you think we need that kind of authority and power today? There are demons in America. I don't know. These demons must have been hidden because they've been released in this hour. Big demons. So all we need is a big Jesus. Guess what we have? A big Jesus. We have a big Jesus. David. Jody, you guys have big Jesus is living in you. Same one. He's there. Now look what he said. He gave them power and authority. He called them. He gave them. And then he sent them. Now, to have a kingdom, they were to preach the kingdom and to cure diseases. To have a kingdom, what must you have? What are the three things? You guys know this. A king. Who's that? Jesus. You got to have, secondly, what? Subjects. Who are the subjects? We are those that yield and submit to the authority of the king. Then you have to have a realm of rule. Where's that? Right here. And it's to be on the earth. What are we to, we are to pray? Do you think the Lord's going to answer the prayer we've been praying for over 2,000 years? Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the word power, there are five primary Greek words. First of all, you know this one, dunamis. What does dunamis mean? Dynamite. I want to be known as dynamite. You want to be known as dynamite inside of us. It means miraculous power, dynamite power. I'm telling you, young children in this hour are going to soon stand up to preach the gospel with dynamite words, dynamite power. It's going to happen. That's why Jerry's back there with our kids this morning. A little dynamite living in Jerry. And then another word is kratos. Vigor, might, dominion. Then energia. What do you think energy? Energia means, obviously, energy. And that's used about eight times in the New Testament. And this is power that heaven supplies when you're feeling awfully weak. Does anybody feel weak this morning? You feel weak sometimes. We need to get rid of that. Let's just shake that stuff off and ask for the energia of heaven, okay? I need this. You ever just feel that way? Lord, we ask you for the energia. We need all of these Greek words, but some of us, sometimes we wake up, we feel weak. Thursday afternoon, we feel weak. 
We hadn't even made it through the week yet. So, Lord, we ask you, give us strength, fresh energia to do the will of God, to persevere, endure all things in this hour. We believe it. We thank you. We receive that by faith. And then there's ichus, I-S-C-H-U-S, which means strength, force, ability. And then there's exousia, the ability, privilege, capacity, delegated authority. And this is what we need. This is what in John 1.12, it says, To as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power or the authority to become sons of God, even those that believe on his name. Also, it's the word used in Luke 10.19, Behold, I give you authority to trample upon scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. But don't rejoice. Don't get too excited, you know, about that. Just get excited that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, the word power, I looked it up. It's used in, in many books, obviously, in the New Testament. But you know the book in the New Testament it's most mentioned? What would you think? No. Revelation. The word power is most mentioned in the book of Revelation. And I thought, well, why is that? I feel like you said, well, number one is... Jesus is going to be revealed. The revelation now is unfolding, being revealed. You think he comes powerless? When he's revealed, the power of heaven is going to be also revealed. And then also, we're going to need that power in this hour. If it's the revelation, that means there are all kinds of things about to unfold as a part of the revealing of Jesus. For example, the true church is going to be revealed. You know, I'm talking to Roberts Lairdon this week, and he sent me a little video. We watched it about Mary Whitworth Etter. You remember her? She was a general. She was back in the days that women preachers were frowned upon. They're still frowned upon some. We want them loosed. We want the Joan of Arcs loosed. But anyway, they, she would go into a place... And they, people would do everything they could to disrupt the meeting. They would send demon-possessed people. I wonder how they even knew that, you know. But they would send demon-possessed people into the tent, mess it up. They would try to pull the tent down. She was assaulted, ridiculed, attacked, you know, in every way. Written about how awful she was. But she was seeing miracles. I mean, there were times people were being healed, saved, you know, these tent meetings. And... Uh, but people would go into trances, too, in her meetings. Some of you are about to go into a trance this morning. You just, no, 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 you can't do that. Don't go there. I'm not going to let you. I'm going to throw something. You're not going to happen. It ain't going to happen here. When she go into a trance, and you know what? She's the lady. She went into a trance in St. Louis, Missouri. She's preaching, and she goes into a trance. Three days later, she comes out of the trance continuing preaching. Now that, you know, that, that's a phenomenon. Lord, how are we not going to focus? I mean, that's pretty amazing. Now, I don't know what all God wants to do here, but I'm telling you there's some phenomena coming. We're not going to be that impressed. Now, if Linda gets up here and she's stuck for three days, it is going to be an issue. You know, we probably, we're probably going to wonder about it. It's a sign. It's a wonder. We're going to wonder, but, you know, we're not going to focus on you. We're going to focus on Jesus. All right, that's just the way it's going to happen. But, you know, she also, she had to endure. She lost, how many children did she have? Six, they all died. 
All of them. The last daughter was killed. She was hit by a car. And she had to bury her. She buried all of her children. She had two husbands, buried both husbands. You know, not at the same time, obviously. But, you know, she's... I mean, this lady went through the ringer. I mean, she lost everything, but she stayed faithful. faithful. And, and Robert Slade sent me a video. You could see her walking. And she just looked like, I don't know, she like she was glowing. She looked like a saint. I mean, she was a saint. She is a saint. She's gone. But anyway, I'm telling you. God wants to listen. Those guys are gone. We need a new generation. Mary Whitworth Edder. Maria Whitworth Edder. We need a new generation of, you know, uh, Oral Roberts. Billy Grahams. We need a new generation. William Brannan. We need a new generation. And they're coming. So, okay, let's get to the scripture. Now, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word, right? Okay, back to, uh, oh, we already read Luke chapter 9. Look in Luke 10. Let me just read some scriptures, and we're going to pray for people and pray people watching over the Internet. But Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Then he, he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And um, he goes on and gives them some instruction. Verse 9, And heal the sick there. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It was evidence, evidence given. Now remember, this gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached in all the world as a witness. How many of you remember that? Before the end comes, the, whole, the gospel is going to be preached as a witness. It means evidence given. And so he said, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come. That it's evidence that his kingdom is near you. Now look in verse, uh, verse 17, the scripture we read and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on scorpions and serpents. And we already read that. Now look back in uh, Matthew chapter 10. You guys are here this morning, right? All right. I'm believing for the miraculous. I'm just going to go for it. If I can go for it, you can go for it. If I can walk out on a limb, you can walk out. If Peter can walk on water, you can walk on water. Elaine, who's Peter? He's just a man. God is no respecter of persons. You have faith inside of you. He told us. If you can't walk on water this afternoon, you go tell Martin about it. Martin, you prayed faith. And I sunk. I'm serious. Let's go for it. Let's believe God. It is part of believing, too. You do have to believe. He said, what must you do to do the works of him? You believe on him who sinned. But just the faith is there, whether you believe or not. That's good. Did you say that? I say amen to it. All right, Matthew chapter 10. Look in verse 1. You guys stay with me. And when he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. Say power. Over unclean spirits to cast them out. Not negotiate with them. Cast them out. And to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now look in verse 7. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely you, you give. Now look over in Acts chapter 5. I'm just going to read because we need our faith built up for this hour. It's gonna, I'm telling you. The hour, this is our day of visitation. What a tragedy it would be to get there and say, you missed your day of visitation. 
I'm not going there. We can't go there. We're not going to go there. That we declare. But look in verse 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were talked about among the people. Is that what it says? I could have. No. Hey, did you catch it? Many signs and wonders were what? Were done. Say done. They were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them. But the people esteemed them highly. And that tells you right there, the religious crowd is not going to like it. Okay? Folks are not going to want to know you anymore. The power of God starts operating in your life. You will be ostracized, ridiculed, rejected. Well, whose side are you on? Who is your God? Will you deny him and deny them? Or, you know, den- you know what are you going to do? You have to deny one or the other. But you have to accept, believe. You can't serve two masters. And then he goes on and believers were increasingly added to the Lord. So the lost are going to be drawn by the miraculous. It's a tool for the harvest. He, we just said the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. So we're the laborers. The harvest is ripe ready, and the miraculous is going to draw them to the Son of God. Does that make sense? All right, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them, or Elaine, or Robert, or Rocky, or Jill, or Shirley, or who, might pa- and also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all, wait a minute, is that what that word says? All healed. All. That can't be right. It is right. It's in the word. It is right whether I believe it or not. It's all were healed. So that means there's nothing impossible with him. Now, one more scripture. Well, maybe one more after that. But look in uh, James. We just need to remind ourselves of these scriptures. James chapter 5 and verse 13. Is anyone suffering? Let him pray. If anyone's cheerful, let him sing psalms. If anyone among you sick... Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. It says the prayer of faith. Psalm 103. Look over in Psalm 103. You know we got used to looking on the board on the screen and used to our cell phones. You don't hear the pages of we need to get back to that day, too, where you hear the pages turning. You've you got to see this stuff for yourself. Anybody that doesn't have a Bible, I know you guys have computers and you have cell phones. If you don't have a Bible, tell us. We'll buy you one, okay? You need to have a hard copy of this stuff. You just need it. You need to see it for yourself. How are you going to mark on your cell phone? Well, you can. Today, I saw that. I was sending a text the other day, and I marked on it. How would that mark get there? And I figured it out. I just now, what, that been there for 20 years? 
You can mark on your phone. You could have sent a mark. I didn't know. It's new technology. To me, it was anyway. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all. Say all. all. His benefits, who forgives all your iniquity. How many of you are glad for that one? Who forgives, who heals some, all your diseases. Now, is this in the Bible? All your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your, your youth is renewed. He forgives. He heals. He redeems. He crowns. He satisfies. When I looked at that, I, that song came back to my memory when I was in college. Remember, I can't get no satisfaction. Now, I don't sing it like that guy. But you know the chorus in that? But I try, and I try, and I try, and I try. I can't get no. Anyway, I used to like that song. I used to like him. You know, I know that guy's probably dead. I mean, anyway, that's way back in the past, in the 70s. But anyway, you can get satisfaction. You don't even have to try. Just turn to him. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Crowns you, renews. It means to build. Build you up. Okay, now this really will be the last scripture. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Okay, now we started this by talking about how the two great tragedies... One is if someone lives their life never coming to a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe they had religion, maybe they didn't, but they missed him. You know, you know there are going to be a lot of religious people that missed him. They never had a relationship. Maybe they were, like, they were excited about the things God could do for them rather than the God who is, who is, I don't know, but... We're going to admit there'll be some that we'll miss. And then the others, if we miss our day of visitation. Now, verse 2, or verse 1, chapter 2. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard, lest we drift away. And so to earnest heed means to give careful attention. You know, there's some things that we need to repeat. Some things we need to write on the refrigerator, like David was telling us, or mark it down so you won't forget it. And you know we have two sets of ears, right? We have these ears, but we're the other set. We're the other ears, right here. So these are the ones we need to hear. They sometimes they go in these ear and they go out, but we want to go in this ear and then come into this ear, and that's where revelation is. That's where faith is built. And Jesus said, "Remember, lest he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying." Do you think he's saying that to the church in America right now? He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now why? Lest we drift away to be careless or to miss it, to miss our time. America, whatever happened in the 50s, I mean, I'd, the early 50s, I wasn't even around. But whatever they did to miss that golden opportunity... Even though there was a measure of grace and mercy, and there were, you know, many events, Billy Graham was really, he got his start after that. And there were many things that God did. 
But what could have happened? What could have happened if they had grabbed hold and had not worshipped the phenomenon? Well, I guess we get an opportunity. Look at what he says. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And you know what the word salvation, it's soteria, to be rescued physically, mentally, you know, healing, salvation, deliverance. It means all of those things. How shall we escape? Which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness, say bearing witness. Bearing witness both. He bears witness with what the Lord has spoken, his word, and that what we've heard and then we confirm, we agree with. Heaven coming back to the earth, right? Heaven touching earth. And was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So that's the word. Now remember, the Lord taught us to pray. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So, the kingdom. You know, it wasn't by accident that we have that sign out there, you know, gathering for his kingdom's purposes. We weren't smart enough to know exactly what God had in mind there. So we put that up anyway. But it means a whole lot. It means this gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached. Okay, this gospel is not only going to be preached, it's going to be given with evidence given, demonstrated in all the world, all the nations, before the end comes, and then the end will come. But first, it's our day of visitation. How many of you would love for God to visit you? You know, just, I mean, you hear about these fantastic testimonies, and sometimes you feel a little envious. Sometimes you feel a little rejected. You say, well, God, you visit those guys. How come you don't visit me like that? You ever, anybody done that? You know, sometimes, God, these guys, what do they have? They don't have anything you don't have. Well, can I tell you, it's your day of visitation. It is your day of visitation. I've got to look at everybody in the eyes. It is your day of visitation. All right? I don't know how all this is going to pan out. I'm glad I don't because we would mess it up if we knew how to walk in this hour, how to figure this thing out. No, he's not going to share his glory with anyone because the kingdom will come with power. The power will be demonstrated as evidence given. And then what will happen? Kingdom, power, and glory. The glory, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth just like the water covers the sea. Okay. So, Lord, we've declared a bunch of things. How do we walk in this? You know how we do that? We walk in it. You just, we just take a step. We just walk. It's like when I was called to ministry. You, you've heard that story. I won't go back. You know, happened at Richcrest. But when then I went back to Louisiana, 
you know, and they wanted me to let the people know. And I was asking God, how do I know? How do I know? You know what he said? How do I know that you really called me? He said, well, until you take the first step, you will never know the thousands that will follow. So I said, okay, I'm going to take a first step. So I took a first step and fell on my face. No, no, no. I almost did. Because sometimes you step out and you fall on your face. But he didn't leave me there. He picked me up. Then I walked a little more. Then I fell again. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about major falls, but you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, it's a struggle. It's a journey. It's a life of faith. It's a journey of faith. How are we going to walk in the miraculous? David, how are you going to see the dead raised? Do you have any special, you know, dead raising juice inside of your hands? Anybody have any? Well, actually, you might have some. We just got to walk. We just got to do it. We just got to step out. Okay, so here's the invitation this morning. Then we're going to pray for people that don't know the Lord. But, but um, if you are willing, no, 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 that's not enough. Forget that. Scratch that from the repertoire. Willings, a lot of people are willing. Hey, I'm willing, God. I'm willing. Yeah? You're willing. Yeah, you're willing, all right. You're willing. Stand, you're sitting down willing. Willing ain't working. Okay, so we got, what's the best word? I'm going to do it. Wait, the scripture just said, it's they will be done. You got to be more than willing. You got to do it. Okay. If God has given America another chance, Moravian Falls, that meeting happened in Moravian Falls. Guess what? We're tagged. We're marked for this moment in history. America's waiting. Jack Taylor told us America's waiting for what's going to happen in Moravian Falls. Okay, we take that personal. We know that we're not the whole thing. We're just a part. But we're going to do our part, okay? Ellie, if you have to go back to that rehab, you're already doing it. Just believe. But do it. More than believe. Do it. Okay, if you're, if you, if you're in this, just come, come on up. Play something. You guys just jump in. I don't know how to all do this. It's like having camp meeting. How are we going to do this? We're just going to do it. Okay. So if you say, yes, God, here am I. Send me. I yield completely to you. No holding back. I will. Not just willing, but I will pray, lay hands on the sick. I will pray for the sick. I will do your will on the earth as it is in heaven then I want you to stand and do something to show the Lord you're stepping okay maybe you should step up here just step up here you know we need to do that just step up and we're putting God on the spot you know what I mean because there's always these thoughts in the back of your mind well what if God doesn't do it well, it's up to God. All we know to do is do our part. Just obey Him. There's one more thing that came to my mind. I've been praying this every day. Probably your influence. But every day I've been grabbing hold of the book that's on the library 
shelf in heaven that has my name written on it for that day you know he says behold are your days not written in a book you know so I take that serious and so I've been grabbing it and devouring that book by faith just eating it he said eat my flesh drink my blood so I'm you know John ate the book so just reach up and say God I take hold of the book that's written about my life from the foundation of the world for I am your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which you planned beforehand that I should walk in them and I will walk in them so right now I take the book and I just devour it I eat it by faith I make it my own behold it is written in the volume of the book to do your will from Moravian Falls good work let's take it from Moravian Falls okay there's a book for the purpose of God for Moravian Falls that's written in heaven in the library of heaven so Lord right now as a people we reach up for this in this day April the 30th 2017 and we receive by faith the book and we take it and we eat it we devour it we make it our own and we say let it be on earth as it is in heaven God we've been crying out and believing you for years and years Lord we would believe you even if so, I mean we stood before you and never saw the things we believe for that's not even an issue but by faith we say yes for this hour to the will of God let it be done in this place in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus now Lord okay we need to pray for the sick how many of you are sick this morning there's one raise your hand other people around them just lay hands on them right now begin to pray begin to pray if you're sick, raise your hand until somebody comes around you. Hey, there's someone. Martin? Right there. We need prayer. Just believe, trust, pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. church power and authority over all disease over every demon to cast them out 
So we cast out every demonic force. We break off every assignment of the enemy. Every spirit of infirmity. We break the power of darkness. Lord, we declare and believe that many of these sicknesses are so that the works of God would be revealed on the earth and that you would receive all glory. So we say, God, be glorified. Let healing erupt in the house of God in America again. Let deliverance and great signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for the harvest that will come because of the healing, because of the power, because of signs and wonders that are done in the name of your son, Jesus. We declare that. We believe that. We seal that. We devour that. We grab hold of it. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Miracles, signs, wonders.